Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 4 of the Optimize Muslim podcast. The topic for today's episode is recalibrating our notion of success. It's going to be a relatively short podcast inshallah and the format that it will follow is I'm going to introduce the topic, reference some Quran ayahs and also some hadiths and then make some concluding points and hopefully it can have some form of an impact on you like it did on me. So there's a lot of hype around success. People strive for success. Everyone seems to act like they want success. Everyone is looking for success or they strive for what they think success means. So if we want to improve our practice of the deen, should we not examine if our underlying belief system around the topic of success, what it means to us, what success conjures up in our minds when we think about it, should we not examine that to make sure or to see if that matches with the Islamic notion of success. Because otherwise, we're going to be going in opposite directions. If we've been fed this materialistic notion of success by the entertainment industry, for example, then, and we're pursuing that into our 20s and 30s, what's going to become of our Islamic practice? Are we not going to then question why we can't uh, complete certain deeds, why we're struggling, why we're struggling to maintain a high level of Iman, etc so putting it really simply as a muslim who believes he or she will live for eternity in the next life in a destination to be determined by his or her deeds in this life and the mercy of allah can true success mean anything different to what for a muslim is the islamic notion of success it can't it has to be one and the same otherwise you're not going to be leading a life that's conducive to the ultimate goal of attaining paradise and the key thing is if we recognize this the first step in changing is recognizing the issue recognizing that our deep-seated beliefs about success or what we want in life may not be what it should be if we want to attain our ultimate goal and the positive thing here to remember is that you can change it obviously that's the whole purpose behind behind this and you can do that by essentially changing your mental diet so now inshallah i'm going to make reference to some quran ayahs and um, some hadiths and then i'll continue to make some points on the topic in general and also end up with uh, some practical suggestions on how we can potentially improve in this area and giving credit where it's due when i was researching the topic i did find some beneficial information on muhammad al-sharif's website and i'll probably have a link to that in the um, associated post with this podcast so in the quran there is a theme of success which is falah in arabic and is connected to the avoidance of riba an example of this is quran Chapter 3 O you who have believed, do not consume usury, doubled and multiplied, but fear Allah that you may be successful. Next verse relates to tyranny, crime, lying and conning others 
In the pursuit of wealth, respect or fame, some may attempt vile shortcuts with oppression, crime or lying or deceiving others. The Quran is clear that yes, perhaps in the short term it may seem like they are winning, but ultimately those who take this path will never ultimately succeed. And this is made reference to in chapter 10 verse 17 and chapter 10 verse 77. فَمَنْ أَذْلَمُ مِمَّنِ افْتَرَى عَلَى اللَّهِ كَذِبًا أَوْ كَذَّبَ بِآيَاتِهِ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الْمُجْرِمُونَ So who is more unjust than he who invents a lie about Allah or denies his signs? Indeed, the criminals will not succeed. قال موسى أتقولون للحق لما جاءكم أسحر هذا ولا يفلح الساحرون موسى عليه السلام said Do you say this about the truth when it has come to you? Is this magic? But magicians will not succeed. The next reference that I'll refer to is in relation to purifying one's heart and one's soul. So it's Quran chapter 91 verse 9 He has succeeded who purifies it. Quran chapter Fifty-nine. <laughs> وَمَنْ يُوقَ شُحَّ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ And also for those who were settled in Al-Madinah and adopted the faith before them, they love those who emigrated to them and find not any want in their breasts of what the emigrants were given, but give them preference over themselves even though they are in privation. And whoever is protected from the stinginess of his soul, it is those who will be the successful. There are um, quite a few references to success in Surah Ali Imran. Is then he who follows the pleasure of Allah like him who has made himself deserving of displeasure from Allah and his abode is hell and it is an evil destination. Hum darajatun Allah Wallahu bima ya'malun There are varying grades with Allah and Allah sees what they do. This is Surah Al-Imran chapter 3 verse 162 and 163 Verse 185 of the same Surah 
Every soul shall taste death, and you shall only be paid fully your reward on the resurrection day. Then whoever is removed far away from the fire and is made to enter the garden, he indeed has attained the object. And the life of this world is nothing but a provision of vanities. And finally, verse 200 of Surah Ali Imran. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sabiru wa sabiru wa rabitu wattaqullaha la'allakum tuflihun O you who have believed, be patient in adversity and vie in patience with one another and be ever ready to do what is right and remain conscious of Allah so that you might attain success. And now some references to hadith. So the first one is we can tie it together with Hayya alal falah. So five times a day in the call to prayer, we hear, or we should hear, this phrase Hayya alal falah, come to success. And on the authority of Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who said. Allah says, the first of his actions for which a servant of Allah will be held accountable on the day of resurrection will be his prayers. If they are in order, then he will have prospered and succeeded. And if they are wanting, then he will have failed and lost. So when we talk about a clear definition of success, there's a good starting point. Going further on being content, Abdullah bin Amr bin Al-As May Allah be pleased with him, with them. Reported, Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Successful is the one who enters the fold of Islam and is provided with sustenance, which is sufficient for his day's needs, and Allah makes him content with what He has bestowed upon him." So it's referencing this notion of being content with what one has. So having reflected on these verses and also these hadiths so the question becomes if we know this and it's not about knowing this on a very kind of superficial simplistic level where for example sometimes i'll mention one of these references and the person i'm speaking to will say we all know that or everyone knows this but you don't know it if you're not acting upon it otherwise what use is that information so if we know this or we've heard it at least in some khutbah or some talk that we watched years ago, we're not acting upon it. Why is that? One reason may be a conscious or subconscious disconnect between what we think success is and what actual success is in Islamic terms and why what we think success is may differ to what actual success is in Islamic terms or in true terms in essence is if we have a notion of success built into our minds from a young age based on, again, our mental diets and that can be your environment, the company you keep, your upbringing, the different kind of stimuli that you've been exposed to and refer back to the previous episode or on my YouTube channel for a video on that 
and this notion is about material success or is anything within the modern world that people perceive as success right by the godless entertainment world for example whatever's been portrayed as representing success through the countless hours of tv and movies and cartoons and and whatever else that we've consumed over the years if this is embedded in our mind then our actions will follow the trajectory that we have deeply embedded in our minds what we should do is keep focusing on the correct notion of success and really throughout the day we have at least five opportunities to do that but again it comes back down to whether or not we're deeply connected in our salah whether or not we actually switch off from the world whether or not we actually have this level of khushu whereby we can reset we can recalibrate the intention moving forward let's say to ourselves that with every salah either before the salah starts drawing or after we're going to have a moment to pause and reflect and make sure our actions are calibrated towards the actual notion of success let's not just mindlessly move up and down and take it off like yes i've prayed zohar and i've prayed asr let's concentrate on making sure and if and then obviously that's just the basics aside from that there's different ways of reminding yourselves reciting the relevant duas throughout the day doing zikr and doing extra acts of worship fasting i was listening to a podcast by muhammad gilan mashallah may allah bless him and grant him more in which he was speaking about the benefits of um, fasting and in it he mentioned certain benefits and he was referring to the benefits as outlined by previous scholars of how when we are fasted or when we're not satiated we are more inclined to feel that we aren't self-sufficient we are in need of Allah we are in need of Allah's help we um we can humble ourselves more we can be more needy to Allah we can have that humility in our hearts so again that's another method so everything that's recommended in our deen and that acts as a way for us to purify ourselves is going to help us in this regard and then there's other things like for example as mentioned in the previous video getting rid of things that shake your metrics of success there's certain things that you'll notice in your day-to-day life that when you go through them you're not the same you feel off you feel kind of um a good way to phrase it is that your metrics have been shaken and the studies that prove as well that for example people that use social media more uh, than people who don't they have a higher rate of depression or a higher rate of anxiety or one of the reasons that might be a cause of that is that when you see the culture that's created by these kinds of social media websites where everyone is presenting their highlight reel you're not privy to the you're not privy to the behind the scenes you're privy to the highlight reel of these people and when you see new cars new jobs um new this new that material if you spend a large portion of your day focusing on that then inevitably it's going to have it's going to your kind of 
you're not taking care of the garden of your mind you're letting weeds grow in there because these things what they can often do is it can shake your metrics you might be in the zone you might be um, praying and doing all the necessary acts of ibadah you might be feeling content and then you expose yourself to certain things or you expose yourself to a conversation with someone and after a while it starts rubbing off on you if you're repeatedly conversing with someone who all they talk about is attaining more wealth or an, a different business idea and there's no balance there's no kind of let's be successful in deen and let's be successful in the dunya but it's just all this business and that business and this person got this much money what do you think that's going to do to your kind of internal balance especially if you're still at the stage where you're developing it for yourself if you're kind of more advanced where you're set and you're not insecure about anything like that and and you can't really be shaken then it's different but if you're still in a working progress like most of us are and we're trying to get to that stage of contentment and uh, pursuing the right things in life and making sure we have the right balance and notion of success then you need to avoid these things and it's about crystallizing your own correct notion of success um, it's not about being close-minded but it's about having certainty in what's right we have that certainty but then you try and maintain and protect that perfected mental state in a way and then alhamdulillah the great thing is why oftentimes change with ourselves isn't just limited to change within ourselves because we're social beings you obviously have to interact with other people and eventually these eventually this can rub off on other people when other people see that you have this level of contentment or you have a different way of viewing things or you have a different way of putting things into perspective that's where the true dawah begins in a way because then they'll start inquiring or they'll see what you're exposing your mind to they'll see what you're reading they'll see what you spend your time doing they'll see the company that you keep the videos that you watch the lectures that you watch or listen to the books that you read and that's where the dawah begins this is why we're trying to create like a grassroots movement of like change within ourselves that goes to the people around us and that's how the whole community or that's how the muslims around the world are going to change for example there's no point if you're speaking to or if you're in your nine to five job right and your work colleagues they see you nine to five and if you've got a certain kind of personality whereby you kind of don't give off this level of contentment and you you can tell that your your mind is not in the right place or your emotions are not right then you can spend your time debating certain islamic issues what effect is that going to have are you presenting a difference are you presenting um something that is attractive to other people whether or not they're just simply non-practicing muslims or whether or not they're non-muslims so these are the things that we have to think about we have to think about things more than just ourselves we have to think about how this is going to affect other people and the same way if for example we instill this change 
that change isn't just limited to them then their circle of influence is affected if they've got young children for example then their upbringing will be affected and this is where we get the multiplier effect in our deeds we don't know what positive effect our deeds can have but this is how for example we might never know if someone took something that we said and that had a big impact on their heart and they ended up changing their lives because of that their whole social circle and circle of influence is affected by that or by their actions on the day of judgment you'll be given a share of that reward another point is uh, kind of a bit of a more deeper point but it's about again recalibrating this notion of success but amongst society in general so how do we do that or how can we do that amongst the youth for example because i feel like what the youth view as success or if it's attractive to the youth then you're more likely to engender change so i was reading this book by uh, i forgot the author's name but it's called predictably irrational it's dan 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 early i think that's how you dan early i think that's how you pronounce it and he talks about this thing he talks about a concept of um, social value and he mentions how there's social norms and market norms and he was speaking about in the context of how motivating employees or asking people to do a favor and he was saying how studies show that if you give beyond a certain amount of money then you transfer the relationship between a social relationship to a market relationship and it changes the social norms to market norms it leads to less action um and he was and he gives the reference of teaching in certain states in america where they were trying to improve teaching there's new initiatives based on trying to increase the social value of education amongst the youth because the moment you increase the social value then there's something to strive for it's, it changes the dynamics and i think we can learn something from that in terms of engendering positivity or in terms of engendering um the practice of the deen amongst the youth we shouldn't be hiding our practice of the deen there's a difference between showing off and there's a difference between spreading good practice and spreading good actions and because what's harder being a practicing muslim in this day and age is very difficult relative to some other things and if we align that with some form of social value we should for example respect our teachers in the madrasas or in the mosques we should attach some level of kind of respect that we have for people who are scholars or for people who are dais or for people who are doing good work in the community that might not be the success as described by um society at large they might not be driving around in nice cars with with money essentially but if we prioritize that in our kind of social scale and be able to transfer this mindset to the next generation then that's where you have a powerful recipe for change and last and finally a good way to encapsulate this is by saying less optimize for the right things less optimize for the correct notion of success less not optimize for this misinterpreted 
notion of success that we've got or a lot of us have in our minds or we can have for some time um, for different periods of time in our lives depending on what we're going through less optimized for the right things for example if you see someone who has a lot of wealth and it depends on your values if you're someone that prioritizes health if you're someone that prioritizes having a certain physique or having following a certain diet and you see someone who is very wealthy for example but they are obese or they are clearly in an unhealthy state right or they are or they're suffering from a self-afflicted disease of some sort then would you if fitness or health and well-being is your highest value would you ascribe the notion of success to this person who is very wealthy but is very lacking in terms of health wellness and fitness you wouldn't and the same applies for other things that person's optimized for wealth in the face of other things in their life let's not become let's be more well-rounded let's try and optimize in the key areas of life that will lead us to having a successful afterlife so that concludes this podcast episode inshallah it was of benefit to you and uh, if you did benefit then please subscribe and share please give me some feedback by emailing me or contacting me through the social media pages and also drop any suggestions for future episodes Jazakumullahu khairan and Ramadan Kareem